love making this podcast and we would love to have it supported by a listener like you. So uh, go ahead, click the link in our show notes and join the awesome empire. Welcome to Awesome with Allison and Eric too. I'm Allison, and our only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen. Whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us, or learning something new and helpful, we hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome than you did before. I'm here with the one, the only, the sexy, the talented, my husband and yours, Mr. Eric Robertson. It's good to be here. Oh, okay. Bringing it in with more than one syllable. Love that for you. And I love that for you (laughs) that you're all here for episode 158, which is going to be great. And the title of this episode is actually also a quote. What? And it is, thinking is difficult. That's why most people judge. A quote by Carl Jung. Ding. It's a, maybe it's a, a soft J jogging. <laughs> Apparently it's just when you run for an extended period of time. <laughs> We're quoting Anchorman. Okay, so I want you to tell the people your first thought about this because then I have something I want to say and then we're going to talk about ways to think and it's going to be really good. You guys are going to love it so much. (laughs) We're going to teach you how to think in one podcast episode. No, Buckle up. But really, I think even just a conversation around thinking versus judging versus observing versus making meaning, thought observation, awareness, like all of these words can seem really nebulous. First, you found this quote, and I always want to talk about Carl Jung, so I was super excited about it. But where did you find it, and then what was you, I loved your first takeaway from this quote. I don't remember where I found it. Some book I'm reading, I don't know which one. But um, why it st- stuck out to me and why I put it in my phone is because it it kind of smacked me in the face because I then sat and thought, wow, I really do judge like all the time. And thinking is really hard. And usually when something's hard, we I, like I tend to numb. And so I like, it's such a habit to go to my phone. And when I go to my phone, it usually goes like Instagram or something. So then I realized, oh my gosh, yeah, thinking is hard. So now I'm on Instagram trying not to think and I'm scrolling through making judgments on everything. I'm like, oh yeah, that's cool. Oh, I, I wouldn't do that. That's stupid. That's cool. And I'm just like not thinking. I'm just judging. It made me realize, and now, now I'm like more aware of it throughout the day, like how often when I get lazy that I'm, that I'm, sit in a lot of judgment and it kind of blew my mind. And I think that, I think that's such a, an example that people can immediately relate to and understand. Um, If you're not on social media very often, the same thing happens when you're in line, like at the grocery store or you're in line, maybe somewhere where there's like more of a general populace, like the DMV or yesterday, you know, I was in 7-Eleven and this guy in front of me literally took forever to do everything. Right? Like forever to do everything to get the payment. The payment didn't work. Do another payment. Sorry about that. Well, no, it's. (laughs) I'll be be faster next time. Yeah, if you could do better. 
And I was there. I was with Ginger. You know, we were getting our big gulps. We're having a grand old time. It was almost fun. And I was in a mood to be able to do it, right? It was, you say, when I'm lazy, I start judging. Well, rather, like, I'm just going to invite you to some kinder language, dear husband. It's not necessarily that you're lazy. It's just that it's like habit when we are tired or when we are feeling overworked in any way that's when we slip into habits, which is why this concept of am I thinking or am I judging is just a really like interesting thing to first notice and observe. So back to the 7-Eleven analogy, it was almost a fun game to see how many different ways I could not judge him. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Where like, I think it's fine. Let's say I decided to judge him. I'm like, this guy doesn't have his act together. He can't seem to do anything, right? Whatever. Or I was like, yeah, like I've been in a position where that that card doesn't have any money on it. Well, I've been in a position where I can't find the right ID. Well, I've been in a position where I feel really flustered because there's a bunch of people behind me, right? Like all of these different opportunities to understand and connect rather than judge. I don't say that to dismiss people's poor behavior. I don't say that in that you should always be making yourself wrong. I I say it only to invite you into noticing how much judgment passes you by. And that's one thing that I think is really, really appealing about social media is we get to sit there feeling like a sultan of the world. This pleases me. I like this. Hmm, this this stimulates me. I enjoy this, right? Like that's <laughs> I don't like being titillated. I don't like being titillated. <laughs> exactly. That is absolutely what it is. And so let's talk about this concept of judgment and what judgment is. And I know that I've shared this on the podcast before. One of my favorite definitions of judgment is simply separation. And I believe that comes conceptually from a course in miracles. But if you look up the definition of judgment, it's the process of forming an opinion of, or evaluation by discerning and comparing. So even the very act of judging is asking you to compare to something. And more often than not, we're comparing whatever it is we're looking at, perceiving, to what we believe it should be. I think that's like a pretty simplified way of, of putting it. And I was thinking of like of another easy way to understand judgment versus like thinking is if you say, imagine yourself having a conversation about a person and you're criticizing a movie or you're criticizing something that happened and you're just, you're kind of like analyzing, picking it apart. There's not a lot of growth or building as opposed to thinking or brainstorming with someone. Now I'm not saying one's much better than the other, but the dichotomy is the important thing to notice. Like if I'm, if like you and I are brainstorming about the podcast, we're throwing out ideas and we're like thinking and we're like looking for connections and we're recalling past experiences and we're building. And that, that is thinking as opposed to judgment where you're kind of picking something apart and putting it in categories. Well, and it's even back to that like base definition of the process of forming an opinion or evaluation. Yeah. And so even with the result in mind, the, the result in mind meaning I need to come to a conclusion about something, I think that is often how we start to judge maybe without even thinking about it. Yeah, that's so interesting. It's like, it's like we're in a world now where we think we need to have an answer for everything. Where we and think an opinion to... on everything. Yeah. And if you don't share that opinion right this minute on the topic that's happening in the world, on social media, in a conversation, you're an idiot. So, that's <laughs> insane. It's just coming to me now how really, if you if you say, I don't know, that's almost like looked down upon. That's so crazy. Well, and I believe that so much of that is a result of a result 
oriented way of thinking, which is an achievement oriented way of thinking. Now that we're talking about thinking, let's talk about learning. Look at the school system, look at learning. Were we taught to think or were we taught to consume information and regurgitate it, regurgitate it in a certain way? Yeah. I was looking up an article and it said, thinking the skill we did not learn in school. It's funny that that's a headline. <laughs> well, I, I also remember, I recall from like countless, you know, different self-help programs and books and awareness things along the way. I think Bob Proctor in particularly talking about it's one skill that we all need, that we all <laughs> should use on a regular basis and that we are given no instruction on. Which when you think about like the early Greeks, when you think about the Stoics. Yeah. Even, you know, it's interesting things that encourage thinking and stimulate thinking and musing and thought, such as art and music and and philosophy. Those were all majors that, you know, I was nicely discouraged from. The humanities, basically. Yeah, the humanities. I was nicely discouraged from all of them in favor of communications because it was a much more marketable use of my skills. (laughs) Yeah, that's fascinating. There's this really cool book called Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain. It talks about how drawing as a form of communication is a necessary skill, and yet we look at it as some sort of frivolous or not necessary. It's not the same as math, but there's tons of scientific research and all of this, these studies to back up this idea of drawing, right? The connections it makes, observation, the observation. You mean literally drawing like Like pencil? Literally drawing, like sketching, like me looking. And this is an interesting concept because in order to draw, as I've been, you know, practicing drawing with greater intention for over the past year, learning to understand perspective and that when I am drawing, looking right in front of me, there's a speaker, a potted plant, a bottle of spray all right in front of me. And in order to draw that, I have to draw what I actually see, not what my mind perceives. That's so fascinating. Okay, so that skill set. So in this book, Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain, which we'll link to, which I haven't read the whole thing, but in this book, one of the exercises is she teaches people how to do a self-portrait by drawing upside down. Because when you're drawing upside <laughs> like, down- Like you're hanging from the ceiling like yeah, a bat? Like no, a bat? <laughs> like you look, at, you look at your own face like, yeah, so you're not- It's a jump to conclusions, Matt. <laughs> we should have some sort of a ding for every time I say that in the podcast, because I know I say it a lot. But this idea that I'm looking at my face and I'm going to draw it, but what I'm actually doing is drawing what my brain is like filling in the gaps Yeah. What, rather than what I'm actually seeing, which is why so many of us sit down to draw, which is a very effective, simple form of communication, the earliest form of mm-hmm. communication, right? Like hieroglyphics, yeah. pictures. There's that disconnect between what I'm seeing and what I'm projecting and what I'm interpreting and then what then I put on the paper. So I don't know how eloquent that all is, but back to this concept of thinking versus judging, that judgment is almost like the brain skipping to the conclusion. Yeah. What it thinks it's seeing. It thinks that um, the speaker is on the same plane as the plant, but right, like in order to... Or thinking you, like back to social media, thinking you know someone on social media. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, so I love Stacy Harkey. We've had him on the podcast and he had a social media post up that I really liked the other day that was like, hey, like, let's maybe not jump to conclusions about a person based on one fact. It was a really awesome post. And in the comments, there was someone saying, well, yes, but should what if somebody supports this not life supporting or this person, this policy that is killing everybody? Like he couldn't even say that. Without somebody saying, yeah, but let me tell you why I get to do it. (laughs) I was so delighted. I really was so delighted because this person, I I honestly have no idea who they are, right? I didn't even look. I just giggled and moved on. I judged them. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. We judged the crap out of them. I judged the crap out of them. No, I really did giggle because it it wasn't a judgment. I was like, they can't see it. They can't see. It's hard to see it. It's hard to think. It's it's really hard to think. That's that's the whole point of this. That's the whole point is it's hard to think. And so even just this conversation, which maybe, you know, bends your brain a bit or you're like, what's the point? Well, let's talk about what the point is. So last week we had a really beautiful conversation about that compassionate voice finding that compassionate voice, finding that compassionate narration, that source, you know, turning to the source. If our thinking, our meaning-making machine, our projections, our thoughts, they are literally creating our reality. They're creating the actions that we take, the way that we operate in this world. So I do feel like Maybe this has been for all of time. I don't know. I've only been alive for 38 years, but my perception of reality at this moment in time is that with so much fear, with so much unknown, with so much uncertainty, with so much disquiet, disharmony, we go harder in on the judgment. We go in deeper because judgment is not an inherently wrong thing. It comes from our survivalist, from I don't want to die. We put things into boxes so we can understand them. So that's like one of the first concepts as a child. They, they say like, this thing is not like the other. Like I'm white and you're black. It's different. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just different. The meaning that we then start to associate or the contextual meaning, the information that we then gather on a micro level and different things like that, that starts to color how we perceive the different types of information. So I do think there's the very compassionate way to go back to, it's like I was saying to you, Eric, it's not like, oh, you're lazy, so you start judging people. But when we're in fear, when we're tired, when we're maybe not like our highest cognitive function, that's when we're going to slip into more um, rudimentary ways of categorizing, which is judgment. Does that make sense? You're just so nice. I mean, I would, I mean, I would differ a little bit saying that, sure, maybe I'm not being nice to myself saying that I'm lazy in doing it. But now that I have awareness, yeah. Now, now I can be like, yeah, I'm being lazy. I'm kind of, you know, I'm just like, yeah. Well, it's I, more just noticing it because even saying you're lazy is a judgment, which is fine. You can judge yourself. I, I, I really, right? I just think it's so interesting how difficult it is to get to just the observation and the information, mm-hmm. right? And so as we are toying and tinkering and exploring this, Eric and I came up with three ways how to think like us so you can be as good as us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We have reached the pinnacle. You're going to want this, baby. 
I really just, there's like no way to say it without it sounding so like self-serving and like grandiose of like, we're going to teach you how to think. We're not going to teach you how to think. We are going to present you with three different ways of approaching And thought. you should think about it. And you should think about it. <laughs> or judge it. I sure judge it. I don't care anymore. You know, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Oh, wait. Okay. Before we get into those, I did want to talk about something I really do care about. I do care about this. I'm doing a book launch event and the tickets are up. The tickets are up. Oh, yeah. The tickets are up. Okay. So there's not many left. There's really actually not very many left, but I specifically promised people that I would talk about it on the podcast because they said I'm not on social media anymore. And I said, good for you. I will talk about it on the podcast. Okay. So this is me talking about it on the podcast on August 16th in Spanish Fork, which is a little south of Provo, Utah. There is going to be a Butterflies and Books Bop, which is part of my You're Already Awesome Magical Mystery Book Tour. <laughs> Say that again really fast. You're Already Awesome Magical Mystery Book Tour. And the reason it's a mystery is because we don't know what cities we're going to go to. Every single event. We have to map it out. Well, yeah, we got to get that map out. Every single event is going to be different. But for the big old kickoff launch event, I am going, of course, all out. There is going to be a dance party, group meditation. Everybody gets a Serenoni blanket, a shine lip gloss. There's going to be mocktails, charcuterie. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so It's going to be the the, so the events. I normally don't really plan stuff with you or see the process, yeah. but the event center alone is so magic and so cool. I was blown away with how great it is. It's just oh, such a wonderful River Bridge event yeah, center. Beautiful. I'm working with them in Spanish Fork, Utah. The reason I'm doing it there is because it just it feels magical there. You, there's what, We should renew our vows there. <gasps> Would you want to do that? I want to do that. Yeah, let's do it. You know I love to plan a party. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, that's so cute. Okay, I love that for us. Okay, but back to me. There's some tickets left for the event. We're going to put a link in the description. And then if you are not quick enough to get a ticket, um, there will be future events. They're not going to be this event, the Butterflies and Books Bop, but they're going to be awesome future events. And then you can also just go ahead and pre-order a book. You should just go ahead and pre-order that book. You haven't done it yet? Eh, just go ahead and pre-order it. We told you how good yeah, it is. You're going to want to do that. We already told you. Okay, so now that we told you how good the book is and that you should get a ticket to my Butterflies and Books Bop, now let's tell people how to think. Okay. <laughs> this is exactly how. This is how you do Take it. notes and do not deviate. <laughs> Okay, so the first the first thing is don't listen to, to what we just said. The second thing is just awareness. So that's going to be tip number one, tool number one, bullet point number one, just observation and awareness. That's the biggest one for me. It's the it's kind of the only yeah, one. Yeah, it's kind of the only one. But this observation, like you're saying, you started observing. Oh, I'm judging rather than abstractly thinking or processing or understanding or connecting. I'm just judging. Yeah. The visual that you kind of alluded to is the Jerry Seinfeld gay, yes. gay French Duke. Prince, That's what he says. Like flamboyantly flinging his hand, scrolling down and his hands going way above his head. This pleases me. This doesn't please me. <laughs> That's the visual I get when I'm scrolling and I'm, am, I, am I being this? <laughs> I just. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I was just recently at the Palace of Versailles. No, but really, I was at Versailles, which, let's be honest, I'm obsessed with Versailles. And so, so much of that palace, which is, you know, 
in part led to the French Revolution, so much of that palace was just affirming the monarchy's power, just affirming their own greatness, affirming that they are worthy. Isn't it interesting that so much judgment has to do with us needing to affirm our own significance? Like the title of my book and the whole thesis and theory of my book is you're already awesome. And like we say at the end of every podcast episode, when you're able to approach life from this, I'm already as awesome as I need to be, it makes it so much easier to observe rather than need to prove right? To, to, to think or understand or muse or whatever word you want to use rather than just skipping to judgment. Because really what judging is doing in so many ways is affirming ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you want to, rather than judgment, so back to our Carl Jung quote, thinking is difficult. That's why most people judge. (laughs) If you want to invite yourself to think a little bit more rather than just hop to judgment, Awareness and observation. Okay, so the next idea has been really, really helpful for me as I've been healing. It's really helpful with trauma, with PTSD, putting the ticket sales up actually and working on the event definitely put me into a state of, I mean, for lack of better language, really kind of like a state of PTSD where all of the past feelings and anxieties and mindsets that came with doing events in the past and the pressures I'd put on myself, even though I didn't consciously feel all of that, it just felt like there was this like fog, this just sludge I've been wading through. Eric's pretty used to me being able to communicate how I feel, or at least I think I'm communicating what I think and feel. I could just be lip servicing. But, um, and I've, I've really kind of gotten to this point where you're like, okay, so what is it that you're worried about? And what did I keep saying? I don't know. I don't know. I don't so know. I, had, I kept digging. So he kept digging and asking questions, which I really appreciated, but also just kind of allowing myself to be like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so I don't even know. And I just kept walking around the house being like, I don't know. Like just out of the blue nobody's even talking to me. And I'm like, I just don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. And (laughs) Totally normal. Just regular days with Allison. So this next little tip has been so helpful for me when I'm in that place. And it's, it's all just information. That's something that they'll do in cognitive behavioral therapy and trauma therapy and therapy in general, but also in maybe in scientific thinking is rather than jumping to conclusions and making meaning. So that's so much of judgment is making meaning. That's like we're taking in the information. We make meaning, which is the judgment side of it, mm-hmm. rather than just taking in the information. Yeah, and can I add it's quick meaning? Like it's yeah, Absolutely. Because it's making meaning with an objective, and the meaning is comparison. Like the objective is comparison. The objective is to be able to categorize it and have an opinion on it. Very quickly. Very quickly. Again, this does stem from this tactic of, you know, this is poison and this is not poison. This is friend and this is foe. Like those black and white parallels, they have a place in our thinking because they're part of our primitive brain. But if we want to enjoy the nuances of life, if we want to enjoy living in the duality, the complexity that is life, which is what I want to do, I don't just want everything to have to be okay for me to be okay because it doesn't work. (laughs) It doesn't work because even when everything is okay, you're trying to keep it at that way so it stays okay. Or when things aren't okay, you're constantly fighting yourself to get it to be okay so that you can feel better. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So this idea that things are just information. Sounds hard. It is hard. Yeah, it has been. Thank you for understanding. But this idea that it's information, it's such a a beautiful concept to me where, oh, this person said something to me that really, really hurt. Okay, so I'm going to jump to making meaning, to judging myself, to not forgiving myself, all of these different things, or that's interesting information. It's it's just helping for me. It's helping me see like one step before it goes straight to judgment mm-hmm. is to just step back and say it's information. So when I'm sitting there and I'm freaking out about the ticket sales, instead of going, okay, let's get down to the bottom of why I feel exactly this way and what's triggering this and on and on and on. I let myself sit in a place of this is interesting information that it feels this difficult to see straight, Mm -hmm. that it feels this difficult to move my body, that it feels this difficult to push a button to progress in this direction. And that's how I'm now able to sit back and say, because I'm looking at the information rather than just like sitting in the like slug of it all, the the trudginess of it, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm able to say, this is, I'm really struggling with something. I think there's like an alternate state of mind happening because this information is is leading me to see as much. That makes sense. Tool for you in your thinking journey to just remember it's all information. Everything is information. This podcast is information. How you receive it is information about yourself. It's information about your preferences rather than it being information just about me and Eric. Yeah, it's not positive or negative. That's when when it goes into your mind, you put that positive or negative. The meaning making. Exactly. And so one more tool that has really, really helped me in this area to not have just the tendency to just go to judgment, but to be able to sit in the thinking and the awareness and the observation is the tarot. And I want to talk about the tarot. There's a couple of reasons why I want to talk about tarot. The first reason is I've had a few people reach out to me and essentially say that like Jesus wants my soul back. And I just want to like make it really clear. I love Jesus. It's okay if if you don't. I love Jesus and I also really love the tarot. So I believe those two can coexist. If you don't, that's okay. But let's talk a little bit about what the tarot actually is. And we come back to our good old friend and inspiration for the podcast, Carl Jung. So Carl Jung talks all about the hero's journey, the journey of the soul. And tarot actually is all about that too. So there's there's the 22 major arcana cards, the major mysteries of the soul, and they represent different points along the journey of a soul in a lifetime that you can inhabit. And so it starts with card zero at the fool and ends with, which is actually the 22nd card or 20, it's the world. And so it goes from the fool to the world. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to only be the fool one time. You're going to be the fool over and over and over. It's always the fool's journey. You're always going to be in another place of learning. So how does this relate to thinking other than I want in defense of tarot and Jesus together? How does that, how does that relate? It relates because one of the reasons why I think learning about the tarot and the different archetypes has been so transformational for me is because it's invited me to view myself from different perspectives along the journey. And so, for example, they're actually one of the the last cards, I think it's the 20th card in the Major Arcana, is the Judgment card. So it invites me, if I pull that card, if I look at that card, it invites me into a new perspective 
to view myself from. Judgment, the judgment card actually isn't about being judged by God, by angels. It's not that. It's about looking at your own actions, about looking at your own soul's journey. When the judgment card is reversed, it can mean that you're doubting yourself too much, that your self-doubt is affecting your current state of mind, and it's making it so you can't make decisions. So it's super interesting where in the tarot even, the card of judgment isn't about like look around and judge everybody around you. It's about turning that judgment, that awareness in on yourself. And in Jungian psychoanalysis, one of the cool tenets and and exercises that you can use to invite yourself into a different perspective is when you're watching a movie or you're watching a television show or you're reading a book or reading a book to your kids, whatever it is that you do to engage with story, invite yourself into the different archetypes, into the different characters. So when you're watching Star Wars, you're not just Luke, you're not just Han Solo, you're also Darth Vader, who are other, you're also Chewie, right? You're also, um, what's the gold guy, C-3PO? Yeah. He's always worrying and doubting and stressed out about everything, right? Super analytical. So it's like, look at that full arc there. And we've got Luke, who very much starts as the fool, He has no idea what he's getting into. He's like the fool, the first card in the major arcana, and that's the first step along the journey. And then in the end, the card is the world, which is then you have this fuller perspective of the world. And there's all the different points of the journey along the way. So if you don't want to get into tarot, that's totally cool. I understand. I just, it's not about Satan. It's about, (laughs) it's, it's about archetypes. It's about myth. It's about story to me. Being able to be invited into those different perspectives has really helped me accept the shadow side, which is also a Jungian analysis um, concept, the darker sides, the unsavory sides of myself, which I've spent a lifetime not realizing I'm trying to fix, get rid of, repress, or hide away. And I'm not alone in this, which brings us back to judgment. Judgment is separation. And when we feel the need to repress, to cut off, to judge, to separate from other people, it always has to do with something within ourselves. So this idea that in order to be safe, I can look at who this person votes for, or I can look at how this person spends their money, or I can look at, you know, what what flags this person has in their yard and then jump to a conclusion about them, that is promoting this false idea of safety within the self that I can judge based on these things and it will keep me safe. And I just don't think it's helping anybody. I just, I don't think it's helping. Yeah, it's not helping anybody or yourself. Or or yourself. Especially. And so if we want to just come back to what's the point of the podcast, what's the point of the, the messages that we share is to feel a little more awesome. I hope that you can feel a little more awesome by inviting yourself to just even notice how much you judge yourself. The language that you use. Like I just pointed out to Eric, like when he says, I'm lazy, I'm like, that's okay. He's like, he's fine. But like, even just notice how you talk about yourself. Notice how you jump to conclusions about yourself rather than, is this information? Can I take this as an observation? And maybe what what point of the journey am I on right now? Maybe I'm at the beginning of the journey. Maybe I'm in the hermit phase, another one of my favorite major arcana cards where I need to go within and have inner reflection. Maybe I'm in the strength phase where I need to sit on top of this lion and just look like I'm going to conquer the world. I need to step into my strength, right? Sometimes it's time for reflection. Sometimes it's time for asking for help. If we can't look at ourselves from all of these different angles and perspectives, we can't do that for other people. And then we feel really lonely 
That's that's how I think we start feeling really isolated and really lonely. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think judge, judgment as separation really truly does lead to a lot of loneliness. We think that we're finding people who are like us, but Brene Brown in her Daring to Lead book talks about the connections that we make with people based on judgment, like basically based on shame or criticism are, are cheap. It's like a cheap thrill because it's like, oh, I hate that person. Ooh, I do too. Okay. We bond over hate that hate, but it is a much more shallow, cheap thrill type of connection than bonding over a shared understanding or even empathy. And I mean, who are we to question Brene Brown? <laughs> okay, so I ha- I have a quote that I that just kind of like sums up this up nicely. It's from Marcus Aurelius. He says he says, "Do not act as if you're going to live ten thousand years. Death hangs over you. While you live, while it, while it is in your power, be good. How much trouble he avoids who does not look to see what his neighbor says or does or thinks, <laughs> but only to what he does himself, that it may be just and pure." That is good. Thanks, Marcus. Appreciate you. Mm-hmm. So we hope you've enjoyed this philosophical journey. Ding. We have some new reviews. Do we not? We have some great ones. This was There's amazing. so many. I can't read them all. They're really? So good, though. Seriously? Because a couple weeks ago, we went to read a review on iTunes, and we didn't have any new reviews. And then we so graciously got some new reviews. So we want to say thank you to all of you <laughs> who are posting reviews. It looks like they can also review on Spotify. Did oh, you know I, that? I didn't know that, no. Because I'm, been... I'm an Apple Music guy. Okay. Well... We accept reviews in all places. It helps everywhere. And we're just so grateful for next, next the week, interaction. I'll, if there are any in Spotify, I'll pull one from next week. That's yeah. cool. It's good to know. It's crazy. I don't know how it all works. Okay. This one's from CRH48. They say, Allison, thanks for the ultimate gutsy move, trusting your followers with the hellacious year you've had. You have offered your courage and compassion and most of all made it okay to not be okay. You are manifestly smarter, more inventive, and more fun than pretty much anyone else in our century. <laughs> you, have sh- you, have, you. you have shown that you can have all that talent and energy and still come crashing to earth. Most important, you are modeling the truism that we always get back up and keep at it. Brava. Maybe that's your for real superpower. That was really nice. I got a little weepy. Thank you. Was it CH? CRH48. CRH48, C3PO. (laughs) Thank you so much for that review. We're going to send you one of my I'm Doing Awesome journals. And can you shoot an email to heygirl at theallisonshow.com so we can send that to you uh, to say thank you. And thank you, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for engaging. You know, I got a really sweet message in my direct messages, which you guys maybe know I don't see a ton of them or always look there. I saw a really beautiful message from someone telling me that listening to the podcast has helped them understand how to forgive themselves. That review also, I think, brings up that hellacious year. And so much of what we've shared in this episode is what I learned from trying to forgive that I didn't know everything. (laughs) Does that make sense? Like, Mm -hmm. forgive myself for being at the awareness that I was at at that time and then how it affected me, which sounds like, duh, like, why would you hold yourself to some standard that you don't have the awareness of? But, like, 
isn't that kind of what we're all doing. Mm -hmm. So I just am so grateful to have this conversation with you guys to be able to exchange these ideas. And it means so much to me that you're able to apply them. And so I'm going to take that. I'm going to take your love and I'm going to take this thought and present it with you. Only you can be you and you're already as awesome as you need to be. Eric, what are you going to take us out on? Uh, this song is called Neckbreaker from my library, Pleasant Pictures Music Club. Oh. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun one. Enjoy. Is it going to break my neck? We'll see. <laughs> 